You're listening to Brain Buster Radio. Hey everyone, David Conrad here, owner of the Gorilla Position Wrestle Store. We're an online store headquartered in San Antonio, Texas, bringing you the best in original wrestling shirts, accessories, collectibles, and more. We're glad to be partnering with Brain Buster Radio, and to thank them, and to thank you, we're offering 10% off all purchases with the coupon code BRAINBUSTA. That's B-R-A-I-N-B-U-S-T-A. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under at GP Store, or check out our website, www.gprestlestore.com. Remember, when you want the best wrestling experience, you gotta hang out in gorilla position. Hi, I'm the Asian sensation Kanji. You're listening to Queen's Court right here on Brain Buster Radio. Welcome to this week's episode of Queen's Court, All Class Part 2, right here on Brainbuster Radio. We're back, guys. We're back with Part 2 of Booking the Class of 2020 for the Hall of Fame. I'm so excited to be bringing you the second part in the series with two really awesome guests who really did their research. I have, of course, Mags, the infamous Mags, the famous Mags who, of course, Badlands podcasts every single Thursday on Brain Buster Radio, as well as Why We Watch Pod and Five Rounds Pod. <laughs> Max is everywhere, and he is just so awesome. I was so very excited that he agreed to be on this episode, but he's not alone. I also have my pal, Bro Rogan from uh, Paradigm Pro Wrestling. He is one of their commentators, and he agreed to come on as well. Super excited to have him. These guys both did such great research and thought into their choices for the Hall of Fame Class of 2020. I'm so excited to bring you this episode today. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my trap and we're going to strap in babies for this beautiful part two episode of All Class. It's time to hold court with Queen. This is a public service announcement. When you uh, address the Queen, you have a bow or curtsy. Thank you for listening. And this is Mags from the Badlands podcast, available only on Brain Buster Radio. All right, everyone. Welcome back from that short, short commercial break. And with me right now, as promised at the beginning of the episode... One of my favorite people and yours, the famous, infamous Mags. How are you, Mags? <laughs> what what an introduction. Infamous is probably more accurate than famous, but I absolutely love that. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. My dear listeners, Mags is, are, of course, my brain buster brother from Badlands Pod every Thursday. So after you listen to me, the next day, it's Badlands Day, everyone's favorite day. <laughs> <laughs> and Mags also does Five Rounds Pod and, of course, Why We Watch, which is, I know, everybody's uh, favorite podcast. <laughs> Everyone's clamoring to be on it and talk to you, Mags. <laughs> it seems so. I mean, I don't want to like, sound braggadocious or blowing 
smoke up my own ass or anything like that. But the uh, reception I've had for both Badlands and for Why We Watch is just absolutely blown me away. I'm so appreciative of how people have, have taken them the, both podcasts to their hearts and the the feedback I'm getting is just it amazes me. I'm so so humbled by it. It's really awesome to see, too, from the outside. And, you know, luckily for me, I've got to be on. <laughs> so, you, know, you, may hear, you may hear Queenie on Badlands and Why We Watch. So, you know, I feel special and honored because they're so cool. You know, I've said it several times, but I'm going to say it again. You know, Badlands is so great. There's been a lot of people who have attempted to do this Matt Rushmore style podcast, but you and Paul are really so connected to your listening base and like interacting. And I feel like that adds such a different level and why we watch is so special too, because it allows people to tell their wrestling story and have a conversation with you about that. And you, you shed light on the people's personalities too, which I think is really special. So, you know, I just wanted to put you over a little bit. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Like I said, I honestly, I'm so, so humbled. Uh, who'd have thought an idiot from the North of England would, would make content that people want to listen to, never mind enjoy. Oh yeah. They enjoy it. They want to listen to it and they want to be on it. You hit the trifecta there, pal. <laughs> But uh, it's one of the many, many reasons I asked you to be on Queen's Court. And I'm so glad you're here for Hall of Fame Class of 2020, Part 2. All class. Um, I'm really excited to talk with you today about your choice for the entry, right? If we're going to create our Hall of Fame Class of 2020, who are the people that we feel need to go in? So... I've been dying to know ever since I asked you a few weeks back to record with me <laughs> what you were going to choose, who you were going to choose, uh, what vein you were going to go in. I had no idea. I, I don't know. It's going to be live reaction right now. So without further ado, would you please share with me and Queen's Courtiers your choice? Well, firstly, I want to put over the guys uh, you had on your last show. They had some amazing picks. They would have been definitely on my on my list of choices. Uh, people like Elizabeth and Vader, Taker, and even like uh, Cindy Lauper, absolutely great choices. Yeah. And I struggled, and I mean, I've I've been a wrestling fan for for thirty plus years, and I absolutely struggled rounding it down. But I made a choice. Okay. And I think my choice will appeal to. Uh, you uh, quite a bit actually Queen and uh, maybe this will be Paul's way of saying that I'm buttering up the buttering up the electorate again but I've actually gone for a faction and I've gone <gasps> for I've gone for the Nation of Domination get uh, out of here yeah uh, obviously they were from an era where WWF at the time was heavily into factions. You had like, guys like DX, uh, the disciples, the uh, disciples of Apocalypse, Lost Brequas. But the thing what what set the nation apart for me was that it elevated every single member who was was a part of it. Obviously, you had Farouk, who was the first African American uh, WCW champion, mm-hmm. but he never really reached those hearts in WWF. 
And then we obviously have The Rock, who would have been the biggest star no matter what. But I think that being in the nation, having this team around him to support him, helped him create this Rock character a lot a lot quicker than, than it could have come out uh, naturally. And then you look at things, uh, people like The Godfather, who wouldn't have even been a, a thing without without the nation and the Godfather's in, in the Hall of Fame because of that. Uh, and then obviously D'Lo Brown, who got uh, title reigns and pushes uh, that he wouldn't have ordinarily got whilst being in, in the group. And then also the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, absolutely floundering when he first came into WWF with, with all this like fanfare and hurrah that uh, came with him being an Olympian and he was really, really struggling to find his feet and being in the nation really helped cultivate the sexual chocolate and then obviously <laughs> the, the world's strongest man persona that he that he developed. So for me, that is the true essence of a faction, taking these single parts and building something greater than that. So for me the nation of domination needs to be in the hall of fame. Oh my God. I didn't expect that you were going to go with a faction. Buttering up the electorate. What can I say? You did. I love it. I love factions. Oh my God. Yes. And I loved this faction. Um, You know, (laughs) freaking Godfather. Oh my God. He was one of my favorite people just because he was just, so ridiculous. But back then, you're right. It wouldn't have had all these things without being in the nation domination. And you're so spot on with Mark Henry. That's so right. He was like, ah, clueless. <laughs> and they yeah. brought him in there. And he just learned and grew. Like, kind of like rookie year of the year shit. You know, he yeah. went from from Definitely. not much to crazy. And the sexual chocolate was one of my favorite incarnations of Mark Henry. <laughs> Yes. What a great choice. So, you know, in terms of like accolades and stuff as a faction, I mean, they didn't really last too long, right? It was like two, three years. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. So they didn't really around super long. But the characters lived on outside of the faction. So the the whole point of of this, this team it, it, it lived on with the characters because you still had the rock who went for a, such a long time. You had D'Lo Brown who still wrestles now and, and works uh, backstage. And then you obviously have Mark Emmy who's a legit hall of famer and now doing uh, interviewing at, uh, at double or nothing, which was such an amazing thing to see. Uh, Farouk will go down as, as an innovator in African-American wrestling and then, what can you say about the Godfather, the good father? <laughs> Just an amazing character, which we may never have ever seen if it wasn't for him being in this group. Yeah, so like their impact and the the way that they were able to uh, not only interact as, as a faction, but you're right, the characters that came out of this, the development that came out of this uh, is, I don't know if that can be overstated the longevity of their careers, the impact each of them has had in their own way. uh, Super, super important. But why do you think they haven't been inducted as of yet? Because you're dealing with the whims of one man who who takes 
basically precedent over anyone else's. I believe that they will be in as a faction eventually, but take a look at that. The, the likes of DX have only just gone in, and yeah. you could you could argue that DX probably made a bigger impact because they keep rehashing the same uh, faction over and over again. Uh, so maybe we just have to wait for for Vince to click his fingers and say it's it's their time. But I do believe that they'll be in eventually. There's there's just too much quality and they had too much of an impact to to not go in for me. Yeah, I think you're right on that. It, it's all going to depend on you know when they're going to do what they're going to do. You're exactly right with that point. But you know, I wonder also. I don't know. Like, I feel like the whole DX thing, they rehash it all the time. But that, I feel like, has a lot to do with the fact of, you know, it's Triple H and Shawn Michaels, really, that they rehash a lot. And then they bring back the other ones, you know. Mm -hmm. But with the Nation Domination, I feel like if they all four showed up somewhere, people would lose their minds. Mm. Like, in the same way, you know. And, like, it's obviously different feels and different factions entirely. But, you know, when you see DX, everyone's, like, screaming and saying, saying, suck it and all that stuff. But if Nation Domination came out, I mean, people would lose it. Not only because of them as a as a group, but each individual person. I, I don't know. That's just how I feel. But I'm sure there are other people who agree. <laughs> <laughs> I think another thing that could be holding them back as well is the, uh, the political undertones of the group. Uh, mm. At the time, obviously, it was... It wasn't really said out loud, but it was kind of a black power kind of group. Sure. Uh, so maybe in a, a politically sensitive climate that we're in, uh, they probably wouldn't wouldn't get picked yet. But there's no denying that if they go in or they don't go in, they, they are for all legitimate Hall of Famers and, and they all deserve to go in. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree there. So... Great choice. Excellent one for the list. So I'm wondering, you mentioned to me before that you may have some honorable mentions. <laughs> so <laughs> before we get into the the other questions I'm going to ask you, why don't we talk about your honorable mentions? How many do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I am old as dirt. I think I started wrestling at the very big when wrestling was just a thing. So I could only narrow it down to four extra whole, uh, honorable mentions. I don't really want to spend hours and hours like going <laughs> over it, but the picks that I went for as honorable mentions, uh, the first one was actually linked with the Nation of Domination for a little while. Uh, Arguably the most talented member from one of the best dynasties in wrestling, it's Owen Hart. Yeah. Um, I know that there's uh, issues with his wife. Uh, obviously, the way uh, he passed away is, is a very sore subject, but if the Hall of Fame doesn't have Owen, Owen Hart in it, it's not a, a Hall of Fame for me. Yeah, I think you're right on that. I know, I know that there's problems, and obviously the the way that he passed is it's a whole other issue. But I think at some point we all just have to recognize the talent and mm-hmm. celebrate that. I think it'll happen eventually. It just has to be the right time for them, you know, to put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if guys like the warrior uh, can, can build right. bridges, I mean, he, he left in a very, very dark cloud. And if he can build bridges, then hopefully 
for at least for Owen to get recognised for for what he brought to to wrestling. Um, I hope the hatchet does get buried. Yeah, I hope so too. So then next, I went with a former bodybuilder who uh, only got into the WWE after a chance meeting with China. Uh, I'm going for Lisa Marie Veron, also known as Victoria. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, I love her. Yeah, uh, around that time, obviously, we had Trish and Lita, uh, but Victoria was always one of my favourites. I really, really thought... I thought at that time she was probably the best actual wrestler out of out of that group of, of females. Yes. Um, didn't really do uh, that well in the WWF, although she did win a couple of... Um, titles and she obviously famously was in the molly holly match where molly basically had to give up her hair to get a spot on wrestlemania um and she was also in the first ever women's steel cage match with with lita so that can never be took away from her but more for it's more for what she did in tna she really put tna's women's division on the map um i think she was uh, five times women's champion over there um and she fought people like Daphne, ODB, and and someone who's back into prominence in Awesome Kong. Um, So, yeah, for me, Victoria legitimately deserves a place in the Hall of Fame. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And I always think about her as we're watching the quote-unquote evolution (laughs) move forward and women's wrestling now. And I always think about, man... I wonder what it would have been like if she was like 25 right now, you know? Yeah. And just mm-hmm. to see what they would have done with her in this time period. And it doesn't have to be in WWE. It could have been anywhere else, right? But just what they would have done with that talent. She, I feel like she was one of the more underrated ones that didn't get a as much of a, a push as I was hoping. She won some championships and stuff. And as you mentioned, very famous spots. But... It wasn't what I what I knew she could do where she shined in TNA, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I think she retired not that long ago, and she was really open about saying she wanted just one more push and, and how this, this new evolution of women's wrestling in the WWE would have been perfect, and I think it would have been. I think give her the same kind of role as, as a Mickey James, and she could sure. have really like cemented her... her a Hall of Fame like, nomination for me. Oh, I think so. Great choice, Max. So then next, we're sticking with uh, another woman. And very similar to to Victoria, she came to, to prominence in in an era where wrestling was, for women especially, was, was they were either swimsuit models or they were just our candy ballets. Sure. I'm going for jazz. Oh, yeah. Jazz... If if I had a gun to my head, I would probably say Jazz is my favourite ever female wrestler. Properly, properly smash mouth, properly, properly hard woman, wrestled with, with men, absolutely just a bruiser of a fighter. She was the last ever WWF women champion and the first ever WWE women champion because she was she was involved in that transition between the companies. Uh right. but she she really didn't fare that well on on the, the WWE stage. Um, 
And I can't really think why, because I think she would have fitted in really well with, with the, the kind of wrestling they were putting out then. But before she got to WWE, she was an absolute legend in ECW. And then she was recently a, almost a thousand days reign as the NWA Women's Champion. And if only if she didn't get injured, she'd probably still be champion now. So, yeah, I think Jazz should definitely, definitely go into the Hall of Fame. I totally agree with you. And I think it's weird that she's not. <laughs> so, I, actually, all of them that we've been talking about right now are, are weird that they're not in. But her especially, I'm like, oh, you talk about a freaking powerhouse. That's like a girl you just don't want to see in a dark alley because you're going to get slapped so hard. Yeah. You're not going to get up. <laughs> but she just she just really, really resonated with me. Like, like I said, she was in an era yeah. where where women's wrestling was, was swimsuit medals or they were just valets. And when you see a woman able to take the fight to the men and it's yeah. like mind blowing at the time, obviously now it, it's, it's an everyday occurrence. Uh, the, the talent that the women have got nowadays is, is sure. far, far beyond what I, what they had back in the early 2000s. But jazz bridges that gap for me. And she was basically the innovator of that style of wrestling. Yeah. Great choice again. Wow. <laughs> last but probably very very much not least how this guy is not in the hall of fame is beyond me i've gone with eric bischoff oh yeah now yeah this guy built himself up from being in sales at, uh the awa to being the president of world championship wrestling if it wasn't i mean i, I know he burnt the company down and he like basically the the company is no more because of some of his his business decisions but if it wasn't for him we would not have had the monday night wars we would not have had uh, the attitude era he brought stars like kevin nash and scott hall from under w's nose as he fired shots across the bow he made wrestling interesting again he used social media which was quite um burgeoning at that time to great effect he, he used mainstream media like the likes of jay leno being on his program he used other sports like with carl uh, malone and dennis rodman and even mm. nascar and he, he made wrestling, or he was a big factor in making wrestling cool again. And his, his influence is still being shown now. How many times do you see NWO shirts uh, going around? And with no NWO, there's no Bullet Club. And Bullet Club is potentially one of the hottest factions to, to ever be around. The guy took a lowly company and beat the brand leader for 83 weeks straight that right. is absolutely unreal and it shows how much gravitas he had in the business when vince mcmahon signed him to be a wwf talent and he ended up being the general manager of raw and yeah. now and now he's on probably a top three podcast with uh the podfather himself conrad thompson so is is his like what he's done for the wrestling business is absolutely amazing. Love him or hate him, he made wrestling. He was a big factor in making wrestling what it is today. Oh, couldn't agree more. And I think it's also crazy that he's not in. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I feel <laughs> I like it. I, I could say it enough. Crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> I think he'll be in eventually. He can't I think not. So too. 
I mean, if if he's not, something's something's wrong. I, yeah, well, that's how again, I feel. Again, we're we're talking about the whims of of a seventy-two-year-old man. So, but yeah, they they if I were to do a Hall of Fame, they would definitely be my choices. Well, those are great choices, Mags. I love it. So, well, you're welcome. So (laughs) to close us out, I want to ask you a couple of questions. So the first is, do you have a favorite Hall of Fame ceremony? I certainly do. Okay, lay it on me. It's the first ever Hall of Fame that was broadcast on the on, in WWE, it's the 2014 Hall of Fame. Oh. We, got, we had, uh, it's basically, it, this is like a snapshot of my wrestling fandom uh, when I was growing up. We had the likes of Mr. T, who, if it wasn't for him, we would not have had WrestleMania. He was like the big star that gave it the legitimacy that that it was needing at the time. We had Paul Bearer, who's probably the, one of the greatest managers in wrestling history. And without True. him, we would not have had characters like Mankind, Kane, or obviously the Dead Man, the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. We we had Carlos Colon, who is um he put Puerto Rican wrestling on the map. We had Lita who at that time and probably still now is such an inspiration to many, many females who, who watch Absolutely. wrestling. And you, she, she showed them that you don't have to be this blonde swimsuit model to be a wrestler. You can go out and you can be whoever you want to be. And that is something that always resonated with me. Yep. Then you, you had Razor Ramon, one of the best, wrestlers to never be world champion and like we mentioned earlier he was instrumental in kicking off the the monday night wars when he uh when he jumped ship to wcw and we then had jake the snake roberts (laughs) another another wrestler who should have been a world champion probably the best ever on a microphone and watching this back uh recently just to refresh my memory of it uh, he said something, uh, 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 Dallas Page, who inducted him, said something uh, uh, in his speech. He said that Jake the Snake was the art of wrestling. And for me, that that is exactly true. The way Jake wrestled, the way he spoke, he was, he was the living embodiment of wrestling. But the big star who went in that year was someone who my grandma who introduced me to wrestling and was my wrestling hero. This guy was her guy. So obviously it was also my guy. The main star who went in that year was the ultimate warrior. Yep. Obviously not the best wrestler in the world. Obviously had some very wild and controversial viewpoints Mm -hmm. as well as a big falling out with the WWE. But if you look back at his speech at the Hall of Fame and the one on the Raw afterwards as well, where he says, every man breathes his last. And then hours later, we hear reports about him dying. It just, I was just so glad that he, they, him and the WWE reconciled to yeah. to make amends before that happened because, yeah, he, he had some horrible viewpoints. But as a kid, he was... He was someone who little kids looked up to, and I'm just glad that he went in the Hall of Fame 
whilst he was still alive. Yeah. Couldn't have been more well said right there. That's one of my personal favorite Hall of Fames as well. That class was just like, Jesus. Stacked. <laughs> Stacked. That was, that was hard. And then, like, it just came for you. And you're like, oh, my God, all these people. I love all of them. So, yeah, great choice. So in terms of, you know, Hall of Fame ceremonies themselves, how do you think that they should be produced and put on? They've been changed a few times. This year, obviously, was very controversial given the uh, attack on Bret Hart by a fan. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of curious as to your thoughts of how this Hall of Fame should be produced and shown to everybody else. I I, uh, I can appreciate the WWE wanting to involve more of the fans uh, with the, the presentation being in the ring. But as we saw this year, that that kind of led to problems. Now, whether security could be beefed up and uh, like basically these problems could be avoided. But for me, the 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 older style where they had a stage and they had like a, a proper like sat down audience. That for me, it it it, it made it more grand and it made it it made it mean more to me than than wrestlers coming out and like going into the ring and half of the audience have got they've got the back to them uh i just preferred the way that it was on a big stage they all could come out one by one met the speech uh yeah that's so much better for me i, I do prefer the older style production yeah i do too i'm in the same boat as you uh with that i agree um, I like it when it was more intimate. I just do. You know, it's, it reminds me of, like, the Oscars in a way, right? When you keep it in a smaller stage, I mean, they have, like, fans in attendance, but it's not overwhelming, right? Yeah. yeah. That's that's how I think it should be, personally. But So we agree there. <laughs> and I'm also curious as to your thoughts on two-time Hall of Famers. Okay. Um, we've, we've had a few now so far um, with the, you know, recent inductions in the Hall of Fame. We now have, you know, Shawn Michaels and, um, uh, oh, my gosh, I'm forgetting the name right now. Bret Hart. Here we go. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> took me a second. And, uh, you know, stuff like that. Booker T. So what do you think about two-time Hall of Famers? For me, it 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 should be looked at on a case by case basis. If if both inductees or in in, in Rick uh, Flair's case, three inductees, I believe it's on now. Uh, if they warrant uh, induction off their own merits, then I'm I'm absolutely fine with it. Take for example the the one you mentioned, Bret Hart, as a solo uh, wrestler, absolutely deserved to go in, absolutely. But also as a member of the Hart Foundation, they were they were innovative of their time. So again, absolutely deserves to go in as both. Now um, the same with Booker T and uh, the uh, amount of, of uh, titles he's won as a solo artist is just unreal. I mean, we researched it and wow, it absolutely blew my mind. But what he also did with, with his brother, with Harlem Heat, was groundbreaking. So again, they both deserve to go in. So I believe that if if both times you've been inducted 
warrant you being in and it's not you just going in because of your name, then I'm absolutely, absolutely fine with it. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think if, as long as it's not like excessive, I think it's fine. And mm-hmm. there are case by case basis, like you said, in which it makes sense. You know, yeah. Triple H should go in with DX and eventually go in on his own. That like is without a question, you know, yeah. and that stuff makes sense. I think if you get into four, <laughs> the four range, yeah. it might be a little much. <laughs> uh, the only person who I would say should go in as a four would be Ric Flair because he's right. probably the greatest wrestler. Well, okay. the second greatest wrestler of all time behind, <laughs> behind Chris Jericho. Yeah, well, we agree there. <laughs> I love Chris Jericho, so <laughs> I feel the same way. Rick didn't even make my top four, so that's just real <laughs> talk right there. Sorry, guys. That's awful. That's awful. I know, it's bad. I'm sorry. I'm a bad wrestling fan. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Well, you, you like what you like. That's it. I will say that. You're right. I like what I like. Sorry, people. <laughs> Well, Mags, it has been my absolute pleasure having you finally on Queen's Court. And <laughs> I have I'm... waited for this day for so long. <laughs> and for me, this is being on, on this show and being on Jonathan's show, I think I've, I've peaked and uh, it's probably the last you're going to hear from me. Oh, my God. No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay, I won't. I won't. Okay, stick good. It out. <laughs> good. Stick it out. Don't leave us. <laughs> So, with that being said, would you please tell the dear listeners where they can find you and all of your good information? Well, I'd, the good information might be a stretch, uh, <laughs> but you can definitely find me on Twitter at DAJ Kirby. I'm usually in some sort of argument or or some sort of wrestling debate. Uh, come and join in. I, the more the merrier for me. Uh, I have a podcast with my son where we cover UFC uh, events. That's called Five Rounds Pod. That's like a, a, a love letter to UFC from, from me and my boy. Um, I have a show on the Visionaries Wrestling Network called Why We Watch. The Queen absolutely bigged it up earlier. It's where I speak to fans and wrestling content creators and find out why they watch wrestling, what in what interests them about it, what they like, what they don't like, and basically why they felt impelled to create content for it and then i have a, a podcast that follows this good lady right here i have it's on thursdays on the brain buster radio network and it's called badlands i run it with a guy called paul tolly at five at paul t five nerds go i believe um basically we take mount rushmore's of wrestling and we just have a bit of fun with it. Instead of just being the classic Grant Rushmore where you pick your, your four greatest wrestlers, we put a little twist on it every week and we'll we'll have a different topic. For instance, we had breakout tag team stars. We've had masked wrestlers uh, coming up. We've, uh, we've got NXT takeovers. So, yeah, we just like to bring a little bit of fun back to the world of wrestling because it seems recently that there's not enough fun in wrestling for me. So... Yeah, come and check us out Thursdays on the Brain Buster Network. I love it. And, you know, if you tune into the one tomorrow, which I know that you will, you may hear a very familiar voice. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly will. And then the week (laughs) after on Why We Watch on the Visionaries Wrestling Network. Oh, my God. You may hear a familiar voice there, too. That's so weird. (laughs) 
<laughs> kind of funny how that worked out. What can I say? This woman is all over the schedule. She she says that I'm popular, and but Queen is literally killing the game. Absolutely killing the game. She's making us all look bad. Simple as that. Oh, God. No, I'm not. But thank you. Appreciate <laughs> that. It's Queen Buster Radio this week, apparently. So <laughs> we'll mine as well. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mags. It's a pleasure. And you are welcome on Queen's Court anytime you want. Thank you very much, my lady. <laughs> hey, everybody. You should be checking out DYWTSB with myself, Pops, and Mort. We are found on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, or everywhere. And add us on Twitter at DYWTSB for really awesome content. Our main show, of course, the Queen and Pops experience, Matt Granberry's show, Regular Guy Wrestle Talk, and convos with pops. All right, everyone, welcome back from that quick commercial break. And as promised, I have a very special guest here with me to discuss the Hall of Fame Class of 2020 Fantasy Booking All Class Episode Part 2. I have with me Mr. Bro Rogan. Mr. Bro Rogan is the pro wrestling commentator for Paradigm Pro Wrestling, who I love very, very much. Bro, how are you? I am doing well, Queenie. How are you today? Oh, so good. I'm so happy that you're here on Queen's Court. Well, I'm glad to be on with you. It's always fun talking to you. It is and, always uh, fun talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Hope we have some fun today. Oh, we're going to have a good time. Yes, we are. <laughs> so before we get started with the Hall of Fame, would you mind telling Queen's Courtiers... A little bit about you, a little bit about Paradigm, just so they have a bit of information. Sure. Uh, as you said before, I am a commentator, uh, one of the commentators for Paradigm Pro Wrestling. We're uh, located in Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the bridge from Louisville, Kentucky, uh, in a very densely populated area for wrestling, uh, an old ho- uh, hotbed for wrestling where OBW sprung out such guys as Tina, Orton, Batista, Guys like that, and we're trying, trying to carry on the tradition. But uh, we're trying to be a little bit different than everybody else to stick out like a sore thumb so you take notice of us. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So we, we you know, so we are, uh, we run out of the arena, which is a, a building that hosts other federations, other companies, I guess I should say. Federations is an old 90s term. I probably shouldn't use that. That's all right. <laughs> but uh, we take, bring everything from the technical to the hardcore. Uh, you see such guys like Matthew Justice, Corey Storm, Myron Reed, uh, the Rejects, Reed Bentley, John Wayne Murdoch. Uh, we, we bring them in from all over the country uh, to give you the very best, uh, not just only in the southern Indiana area, uh, Kentuckyana. We, we try to beat out everybody else in the country, too, if we can. Uh, but really, not not trying to overshadow anybody else, just trying to stand out. So That's right. And that. <laughs> stand out you do. And my dear listeners, if you want to know a little bit more about Paradigm Pro Wrestling and Mr. Bro Rogan himself, you can listen to the Queenie Chats episode that's also out right now where I interview him. So, I mean, all the good info, the good good, as we say. And uh, look out for that. Today, however, we are here to talk booking our class of 2020 in the Hall of Fame. Mm 
That's right. I'm That's so right. excited. I have been highly anticipating <laughs> who you have chosen as your entrant. Who do you want to see in the Hall of Fame class of 2020? Now, I've been mulling that over ever since we first talked about it. <laughs> Names rolling through different scenarios, what could, what couldn't. I, I, for my honorable mention, I'm going to throw you for a loop because I guarantee you nobody's going to mention these these guys. But, uh, okay. <laughs> but the the name that I, I settled on was the Big Red Monster Kane. Wow. Okay. Tell me well, all about that. Now Kane, he is one of those guys that's been around forever. The most consistent guys that uh, WWE, WWE had, WWF, whatever. Uh, for ever since 1995, before he even was Kane, uh, uh, he he was that guy that you remember as Fake Diesel, Doctor Isaac Yankum DDS. He had to overcome crap like that, and then became world champion on top of that. So he's always been one of those peripheral favorites of mine. He's never, you know, people ask you your first person is not, gonna, you know, it's going to be Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels, you know, Ric Flair, uh, one of those guys, depending on where what area you came up in. But further down the line, you're always going to, I mean, even in my circle of friends, you always get to that point where, you know, Kane, yeah, he, he needs to be mentioned. He is in that top echelon of superstars because um, he's done it all. <laughs> His whole laundry list of accomplishments uh, really sets him apart from a lot of people now because they actually mean something. Well, you know, because he, he's not some uh, nine-time champion like Charlotte Flair, even though it's that's like a... 10-year career there, you know, whatever that is. But, you know, his, his accomplishments actually mean something. You know, they're not just paper for show. Um, so, and me being a horror guy, you know, loving the scary movies and that kind of side of things, you know, I, of course, he fits right into that. So he was that perfect blend of wrestling and scary uh, that just melded into just the perfect outlet for me. <laughs> yeah, well, for, for everyone who can't see right now, before, before I let you continue, <laughs> this man's got the Joker and a whole bunch of horror things behind him right now. So just, I think you may like it like a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. And, that, and, and, and what Queenie's seeing here is only a taste. It's only a, a fraction of the, the oh, memorabilia uh, that I surround myself, my, my entombment of, uh, uh, shenanigans and knickknacks and gimmicks. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. I love it. You know I'm into big fandom, so I right. support you. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm sorry I interrupted. I just had to say that. Please no, continue. <laughs> no, by all means. Bro. What, 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 what was the topic anyway? I started talking about me again. So <laughs> yeah, That's okay. No, like, um, why would you put Kane in the Hall of Fame? Uh, gotcha. So, the Let's just go over just the his accomplishment in, as far as belts. That's why you know I started off by talking about Charlotte Flair and kind of negating right. her reigns. Uh, he's he was the third Grand Slam champion in, in all of history. You know, uh, the eighth Triple Crown champion. You know, that's you know your world title, your 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 other singles title and tag champion. Uh, Two time Slammy Award winner, Money in the Bank winner, uh, twenty ten. Uh, he's won more tag team championships than I don't, I don't probably anybody else, or at least most partners at anybody else that I can right. come up with. Uh, and of course 
he is a staple of my absolute favorite WWE event of all time, the Royal Rumble. Uh, I don't know who else is a uh, Royal Rumble mark like I am. I, I host. I was that was that first person holding those parties. <laughs> I think we raised my hand. <laughs> That's right. I raised my hand. Me, me. <laughs> but, yeah. So when we were the we have a, an annual event that I host with my friends. I mean, uh, we, you know, it started at a Hooters watching you know the event. Like, well, let's just draw numbers. I mean, this is 2005. Uh, so you know, it's so snowball from there into where where we have. A yearly event we we do prizes for who draws the right number who draws the right name you know <laughs> it's who who has the most eliminations going back to kane who has cumulatively the most eliminations of all the royal rumbles with i think it was 44 was the number uh and had held the record for the longest time for most in a single rumble until you know roman reigns came along and you gotta yeah, make Roman Reigns look strong so yep. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> Sorry, another um, topic. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, and of course, he has some of the most memorable moments in all of WWE. I mean, I don't know if they put him on the top 50 when those that string of DVDs uh, were coming out, you know, best of. Uh, but how many weddings has he destroyed? You know, he oh my was God, so many. <laughs> <killer>. <laughs> yes. Uh, he, uh, he also holds distinction to have some of the worst possible angles, you know, the Katie Vick angle, the, you know, shocking uh, Shane's balls angle. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if that's technically the worst, but it is more and more extreme. Yes. Yes. True. True. <laughs> uh, involved in the, you know, the baby angle, the you know, Snitsky Lita deal. I mean, my God. Uh, but through all of that, through all that, he still remains strong. If they need somebody in the main event, upper main event, he can work the whole card. Uh, you know, if he needs to get some, you know, relative newcomer over, he'll work the open. Uh, if he, they need to throw the IC title on him for a minute to, you know, to give that credibility, they can. Uh, he, he's just that all-around guy, and no matter where you put him, no matter how, how many times he loses, uh, he's still looked at in high regard. And not many people can do that because, I mean, he, you fall into a, a realm like Bray Wyatt did for a while, and oh, well, it's pay-per-view, he's going to lose. <laughs> it's just, right. It was like clockwork. Uh, Kane, you know, just depending on the time frame, you never know. <laughs> you know, they they could they could throw you for a loop. I just remember when he came back and uh, went after John Cena. There was at the right. early 2010s, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that whole new look, that that choke out gimmick. You know, that covering the nose and mouth. <laughs> like, yeah, he he always makes an impact. You always care. Live shows. He was the king of pyro. You some people were going there just to see that. That's know? right. The flames, yes. <laughs> right, and that's the one things you would leave a live event talking about, like, oh, I felt the flames. I was twenty feet, you know, back here. I was hundred feet away, and I still felt the flames. You know. <laughs> that's right. They were big. <laughs> so he was memorable in so many different ways, and uh, and then more than that, he's one of those crossover guys that went to Hollywood, did a, did a little dabble, you know, nothing too crazy, you know. He. It's a horror movie, so hey, points in my book. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, and then you, you can't negate his career after wrestling. You know, went into politics. He's a libertarian like myself. Uh, and he knocks county mayor. So, I mean, you can't knock the drive, the ambition. He, he's proven it time and time again. Even when he was an active wrestler, he was a big financial guru. Right. Uh, and I, I, no one, and you know, another thing is no one that I know has ever had a bad thing to say about him. 
you know, all the gossip in the back. Uh, sure. well, he was such a prick. He didn't want to do this. He didn't want to go over. He didn't want to look soft. You know, you don't get any stories about that from him. Uh, wow. In fact, the only people who's talked about him, I think Ric Flair in 2015 Sports Illustrated was like, he's the greatest and the best. Like, he's the best of all time. Like, wow. Ric Flair is saying that about him. <laughs> you know? That's high praise. Right. <laughs> Coming from <laughs> the man. Yeah, everybody's usually saying Ric Flair is the best. And he, he's saying, no, Kane, you got to look at this guy. Which, if you really take a microscope to it, I mean, it's hard to say he's not because he can work anybody. He's done everything. I mean, he's, he's my pick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a great choice. You know, I always remember when I was younger seeing Kane and how menacing he was and this dark, you know, demon. And it was awesome. And I loved his partnership with the undertaker being, you know, related quote unquote, and right. uh, you know, <clears throat> the brothers of destruction and, that was always really special. And I also really loved when he was in a tag with Daniel Bryan. It was one mm. of my favorite moments for Kane. Right. I, I, I can't explain it like right now, but what I can say is I just, it was some of his most special endearing work for their partnership, for their hatred of each other and their in the therapy, which was so stupid, but for some reason, the two of them made it so entertaining Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a special thing. And Team Hell No, well, I always love that. Um, during a period when I didn't really like WWE very much. <laughs> so, right. props to them for that. And, I'll, yeah, I mean, how can you not talk about all his accolades? He's had so many. Plus, his career longevity. I mean, it's yeah. been a long time. And I know he's not wrestling anymore. He's doing his political thing, which I think is great. Um, but... <sighs> Every time I see the mask of Kane, I get excited. You know something cool is going to happen. I, I, too, loved the pyro. I miss pyro in WWE, mm. like, a lot. I know it's expensive, but there was just something about it that yeah. made it ten times more enjoyable. Just to have that hellfire everywhere. Right. Um, you lose the spectacle without it. Yeah, like, you you do. You do. And I loved his interactions ruining all those weddings and pulling people under the ring. Uh, it was <laughs> insanity. Uh, what a great choice. Awesome pick. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, uh, and, you, and you bring up a good point. Uh, he, you know, going back to what I was saying, too, he, he, he can work. Yeah. Scary. He can work comedy. He's yes. proven that time and time again. Uh the, uh, he and the uh, you remember you brought up Undertaker and that feud there. I do I, clearly to this day remember, you know, what was it, the 1996 Bad Blood pay per view, Undertaker, nice. Shawn Michaels, himself, and his debut and ripping through the cage, you know, dropping Undertaker on his head. I'm like, okay, this guy, I've taken notice. <laughs> I'm know? here yeah. for this. Yes, right. exactly. What a great uh, moment that was, too. Right, right. Just one of those that stands the test of time. Uh, I have so much memorabilia. In fact, his mask, I have it hanging on my wall. You know, one of the portions of my memorabilia you haven't seen. I love it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, it's, it's iconic. It, it really brings home a lot of positive memories, enjoyable memories. I totally agree. And with all of that, right, everything that we just talked about, and with Ric Flair even saying, now nah, this is the guy. Why isn't he inducted into the Hall of Fame yet, in your opinion? You have to think that 
it's just because he finally let go of the career not too long ago. You know, right. he was he's only, he's been part time for a few years. Mm-hmm. Now he's doing the spot shows. If hey, we need you back on an Australia show, for, you know, right. to tag with your brother. Right. Uh, But now I think since it it really does seem like it's over, now would be the perfect time to get him in. Now, my the caveat to that is he may not be a main event Hall of Famer. Like he might not be the one to headline the show. Right. The one in the middle. Yeah. I honestly think it it should be an Undertaker Kane, you know, not Brothers of Destruction at the same time. But Undertaker is your headliner. Kane is, you know the one right below that. Uh, I think that would be a perfect fit. And after what we saw, I don't know, obviously, I don't know. I didn't watch the actual show Friday, uh, but the Goldberg Undertaker match, it might be time to go ahead and uh, kill that career, hang it up, get you in the Hall of Fame, send you on your way. Um, I think he might say that same thing too. But <laughs> yeah, I, d- I didn't watch, so I don't know, but I, I did hear that it was not good. So... Uh, I agree. Uh, you know, real quick on on the Undertaker, not to take away from Kane at all, but um, for him, you know, I, I want to remember him the way that he was and not mm. the way that he is now. And I feel like you're right. I feel like he would say the same thing. So, I back you up there, buddy. Right. <laughs> and I only bring him in just because you know a lot of people don't see Kane as you know the guy, even though he was selling out arenas by himself. You know, feuds at Stone Cold. It didn't take the Undertaker to put him over. Even right. though it would just be a a nice little segue to get him in for the powers that be would you know fast track that so to speak. Uh, heck, I remember watching him in old USWA in like the early '90s, back when he was Doomsday and had a black hood on. Uh, not much else. This is the most generic bad guy you could think of, just giant hulking bad guy. <laughs> uh, and of course, he had a. He actually was a tag team champ. I think Smoky Mountain Wrestling with Al Snow. Oh my God. Way before they were in WWF at all. <laughs> so, wow. Real That's weird. Throwback, huh? yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're not going to put over Smoky Mountain too much because, you know, Jim Cornette's an asshole. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not. So you can say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the thing is, I might run into him at Walmart. You know? True. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you, <laughs> you say that. I'll say the other stuff. You're fine. <laughs> You're good. We'll keep you on the positive side. <laughs> right. You got to be politically correct around here, at least in the yeah. business. Yeah. That's true. In your business, that's for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think I agree. I would love to see him go in. I don't know, though, that I'd like them to go in at the same time. Mm-hmm. It seems fitting, but I feel like Kane's nomination would get overshadowed by Undertaker. I think anybody who goes in when Undertaker goes in, might be overshadowed a little bit. Um, so like I'm halfway in it because it's a really cool story and they were so intertwined that it would be nice. But at mm. the same time, I'm like, mm, maybe they should be separate. I don't know. So I'm like 50-50 on that. I'm not sure. Right. Well, my question back to that uh, would be who who else would be able to stand up in the class against Undertaker? Because right. he's going to dwarf everybody. Yeah. Literally everybody. <laughs> Literally everybody. No, that's a solid point. That's why I'm kind of like, yeah, maybe that's probably what they should do. I just don't know. Like, I love Kane so much that he, I he I it. want him to have his own moment. That's all right. that I really mean. Um, I but I, I totally agree. If you're going to have under whatever class Undertaker is in, right, mm-hmm. that card has to be stacked. Yes. Just straight 
stacked all the way around so that while he is going to overshadow, they still stand up by themselves mm-hmm. very strongly. Um, so I agree with you there. Right. Right. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> we get along right now. Yeah. Right. We're, 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 we're the, uh, contentious relationship that we see with pops every now and again, which I love, which brings me back to the show oh, all the God. time. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that it does. We haven't fought in a little while, mostly because we're so upset about what we're watching. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to, hard to fight about anything now. It's hard to fight about anything else. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, well, I'm glad we're not fighting. So <laughs> in terms of anybody else that you think, that might make a good fit, honorable mention wise, that didn't make your top choice, but still you feel deserves to go in the Hall of Fame. Who do you have on that short list? Uh, the few names that come to mind, or a few entities, I guess. Uh, first and foremost, Paul Heyman, for all, everything he's contributed to the business, regardless of what people think about him, or if they quote unquote owes him money, or all that other random. BS that you know really doesn't amount to much in the grand scheme of things. Sure, uh, he's done so much. He, he he obviously ECW. He he actually ran OVW for a while uh, here locally. When when CM Punk was here, who I, I'm obviously I haven't seen that part of my collection too. I'm a huge CM Punk fan. He's right right there underneath Stone Cold as my top guy. Yes. Um, uh, so yeah, Heyman and of course his ability to work. <laughs> you know that microphone is uncanny there's not too many people in the business who can nope um, so him as my uh quote-unquote uh, agreeable choice for honorable mention okay uh and then I, I, would be, I would be remiss you know we we talked briefly about uh these people who have two two-time entries into the hall of fame you know these double entries mm-hmm you know, I don't know how many times people are going to have a ring because some of these guys have been in 17 factions like Triple H. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, right. <laughs> going to have a whole closet full of rings. Uh, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the NWO because they sure. were such a big part of my life. Uh, granted, you know, Scott Hall and Kevin Ash have been recognized. Hogan's been recognized. Uh, Macho Man. Uh, so my caveat to that honorable mention is NWO Wolfpack. <laughs> so if we're going to do some doubles, I'm going to get Sting in there. I want to get uh, X-Pac back in there. I want to get Conan in there because like him or hate him, Conan's the same way. You know, he he's contributed a lot to the business. Yeah, uh, right. I have to respect that. Um, now, the one that I think I was going to throw you. Yeah. I'm and- nervous. <laughs> Some people have hard feelings very and very passionate feelings about these guys, but okay. I love them. Uh, well, maybe not so much anymore, but uh, the Insane Clown Posse. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, Didn't see that coming. <laughs> okay. Start talking to me about that. <laughs> right. So, obviously... People don't care about their music. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, but their influence and sway into professional wrestling can't be denied. Uh, you know, they've they've been in every company. They've been ECW, WWF, WCW. They've, you know, held titles. <laughs> you know, they've uh, they've I'm not. Everybody loved the oddities. Are you going to tell me you didn't love the oddities? That that little 
schmage of a group there. <laughs> I mean, no matter how what it did to the, uh, the people's careers and how much of a joke it was and may yeah. have killed the show for certain people, it, it was entertaining. I don't know who else wasn't singing that song when it came out, you know, waving their hands hand side to side, uh, earthquake under, with a hood, carrying a Cartman doll, you know, come on, good stuff. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say parts of it for me personally, but hey, listen, that's okay. You like what well, you like, honey. And then, uh, not after uh, they did their tour, of the big three, they they started their own promotion and helped a lot of indie guys get noticed. Uh, uh, Trent Acid, for one, they gave a home to you know Madman Pondo, Too Tough Tony, uh, Corporal Robinson. Uh, even gave Tracy Smothers and some of the older guys a chance to come back. Rock and Roll Express, when nobody was booking them, mm. or Midnight Express, you know, they they nobody was booking those guys. Abdullah the Butcher, Greg Greg right. Valentine. They're like, no, we got we got a home for you. We're going to take care of you. Vampiro for the longest time. Uh, they even gave him a slot on their show on uh, Fuse when they still had it for whatever, two, three seasons it took. Uh, so they, they're very reciprocating. You, you can tell they, they were fans of the business. Uh, they were, you know, they did their tour of the indie circuits as wrestlers themselves before they were even famous, you know, musicians, or if you want to call them musicians, rappers. Um, yep. So regardless of how you feel about their music and that, you 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 can't deny what they've done to the business or for the business, keeping it alive, introducing it to a, a a group of people who may not even have cared about wrestling. So they're when they or even more so they <laughs> didn't know who Sabu was until he talked about uh, <laughs> him, and a, him and a song, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, I know it helped me further my horizons and branch out. So um, so yeah especially how much they've given back. I, I keep harping on that because I just, you know, a lot of these guys that they were putting on these JCWs, uh, J- Juggalo Championship Wrestling. Right. Uh, a lot of the guys they were putting on there, I mean, I know them. I, they were, I was fans of them, watching them in, you know, barns and shacks around, <laughs> around the area here, trying, you know, when they were working for 10 bucks a show, 20 bucks a show. Sure. Uh, and see them the, get the rub. And then not only that, they gave them an extra payday by putting them on the stage when when they were performing, you know, especially at the gatherings, uh, the gathering of the Juggalos. Uh, that was kind of a secondary payday for these guys. All right, come in and wrestle for us. And then we want you up on stage popping Fago bottles and throwing them into the crowd, you know, <laughs> yeah. working security, whatever it may be. So, you know, you got to I, I got to show them a little love in that regard. I might not be a fan. I not, might not call myself a Juggalo anymore these days. Uh, but, yeah, you got to give them. Credit where credit's due. Hey, listen, I'm all about that. Different strokes for different folks, baby. (laughs) What you like is what you like. There's no bashing here. So put them over. If they have something to be, you know, deserving of credit for, then welcome it. You know what I'm saying? I know they're controversial, but... I I guarantee no one's going to agree with me. You got five people versus 5,000 people. They're going to be like, yeah, he's an idiot. (laughs) What the hell is he thinking? ICP, really? Yeah, well, All you know, people we can put in. <laughs> if you make a compelling argument and you can back it up with facts, you know, right. you might I'm not have good. to agree with that argument, but <laughs> you might have to respect it a little bit. If we're That's all put, I'm saying. Yeah, well, right. If we're going to put, you know, Mr. T, you know, Drew Carey, whoever, Bob Barker. <laughs> Bob Barker. Oh, Bob Barker. You know, it's, it's only fair. That guy. That is true. <laughs> it is only fair. That's true. So... Now for a couple quick questions as we wind it down here. 
Um, I'll start because you brought up the two-time Hall of Famers. So let's start there. What do you think about these two or even <laughs> maybe three, four-time Hall of Famers? What do you think about this concept? It's 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 weird because I f- kind of fall on the line uh, because you if if you're going to go down the road of inducting teams and stables, then it, you can't negate evolution and just losing Ric Flair. You can't negate his contri- contribution to evolution and the Four Horsemen and whatever. Uh, you go back to his TNA work if they're ever going to induct a TNA stable, not going to happen. But still. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it, I mean, you have to lend you know, a hand to that and you have to put them over that way. But but it goes back to, like I was saying, with Triple H, who's been in 17 different stables. Are, is he really going to have 17 different rings? Are they going to put all these things in? I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, so it, it's a, you walk a fine line. Or what, what's too much? <laughs> you know? All right. Ric Flair's back again. Um, Who's going to induct him this time? That's really all you can say. I ask. Yeah, I mean, I I feel the same way as you as you do. You know, I was thinking about it. Like, okay, if you're going to take Triple H, he's obviously going in solo, and he's gone mm-hmm. in with DX, right? Okay, so there's two without question, and then you roll in Evolution. So Ric right. Flair is going to have how many now? <laughs> Three, <laughs> four, depending on what else goes in. You right. know, so it's like. When is enough enough, and when is when is it okay to be like, yeah, but look at the career and the impact of said faction mm-hmm. and what they've done, and why do why would we negate that be, just because someone else has already been inducted a few times? Right. But you also can't have them full right hand covered in big ass rings. That's not gonna work. I was going to say Thanos Infinity Gauntlet if eventually. Well, basically, maybe that's what they should do. They should just make him an infinity gauntlet and put all the ring stones in it, and then he'll be all set. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Only Ric Flair gets the infinity gauntlet of Hall of Fame rings. Right. And you got to keep that sacred because they're not keeping his title reigns sacred. So well, nobody has to do something to keep this guy in the, the spotlight. Everybody's just putting him, you know, we beat that record of his, we beat that record, even though his own daughter's trying to beat his record. Yeah, you know that's happening. <laughs> poor Ric Flair but not poor Ric Flair he's fine <laughs> he'll be a legend of all time even I feel like he'll even be a legend in 50 years oh yeah it's just it's hard to it's hard not to but mm-hmm. yeah so I agree with you about these two time or multiple time Hall of Famers but back to the Hall of Fame itself Let's talk a little bit about your personal favorite Hall of Fame ceremony. Did you have one? I'm sure there are probably a few that you enjoyed, but what's like, oh man, that's like my favorite class, my favorite one. Uh, Well, as much as I love, you know, certain people getting in, a class as a whole, I think had to go to 2014. Uh, That's that's Warrior headlining, that's Jake the Snake, Lita, Paul Bear, uh, Razor Ramon, uh, Carlos Colon, and Mr. T. That's your lineup for that class. I mean, what a what a stellar class. That's that's my childhood wrapped up right there, you know. <laughs> Jake just snake, baby. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I know. What a great class that was. Right. I mean, even the even the inductors uh were, were so fitting. You know, Jake the Snake and DDP, you know, they had that great banner. He had a great speech and really put over the you know, the struggle. And I Jake the Snake, I don't know if anybody's 
had the opportunity to see him on YouTube or been to live to his uh, Dirty Talk World Tour or whatever it was, uh, he can talk. And he just like you've seen him on Dark Side of the Ring, he's captivating. You just sit there and listen to him talk about anything. <laughs> You're hooked. Uh, so that just listening to them talk was just great for me. Uh, obviously, Kane putting in Paul Bear was a nice yep. touch. That was nice. <laughs> Uh, and of course, Kevin Nash putting over Razor Ramon and just, I'm a big Outsiders fan. Razor Ramon was my guy, Diesel. Yep. Uh, and so that's why, you know, obviously I put NWO over. Uh, and of course, the, the the speech for Mr. T when he went on about his mom. Yeah. Like, it was so cute. It was. Because <laughs> you didn't know if he was working, if he was trying to be funny. And then you realize like 10 minutes in, like, no, he's so serious right now. <laughs> he's so sweet. Like, wow. Like, I, I you know, you, at first you think, oh, this is, I got to make fun of this. And like, no, he's, this is, his heart's wide open right now on the stage talking about his mom. That's like, right. this is legit. So that, that for those reasons, uh, and of course, the whole warrior situation having to be inducted and then, you know, oh. gone in 24 hours is just, how can you forget that? You know? I- wild i'll never forget that watching that ceremony and he came to the raw too right yeah and he gave that speech he gave that beautiful speech in the ring and everyone had the warrior masks on and he was freaking gone and i was like whoa they were so like oh what's the what's the word i want like ominous these speeches when you listen to them now i was like oh shit did he like know like did he feel like something was going on or like what is happening it was so unbelievable what a what a sad like awful moment but such a beautiful one at the same time yeah right well yeah as much as how shocking and awkward it was and how awful it really was it was also that perfect conclusion for him that 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 he made amends with everybody everything was fine the doors you know the slates were wiped clean uh and he got to be back home yeah and then he went home. So it, it's just a beautiful kind of a end, end uh, chapter for him. For sure. The, the classic Shakespearean tragedy right there. Right. All amends are made and things are good, but then, you know, not so much after that. <laughs> but yeah, what a great class, great choice. And funnily enough, the person, Mags, who's on this episode with you, picked the exact same Hall of Fame. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great minds, man. Great, Great minds. minds think alike. <laughs> <laughs> so That's the awesome. last uh, question I have for you is how do you think Hall of Fames should be produced, right? Do you prefer the more classic, old school, intimate setting? Do you like what they did this year? Talk a little bit about the safety thing from this year mm. as well. Like what, what do you think they should do in terms of setup? Uh, production for that particular show. Now, as much as I like this year, I mean, even with Bret Hart getting attacked because I don't like Bret Hart. Uh, no, I, <laughs> I joke about that way too much. I, I don't hate Bret Hart. I just dislike him a lot. <laughs> okay. I don't want to see him get legit hurt. You know, just, yeah, you're not a, you're not a Bret Hart fan. <laughs> Clearly, if yeah. you know me, if you get to know me well enough, you'll know. Uh, <laughs> even one of our PPW's uh, 
promotional materials was it done in heart foundation colors and i had to talk to the guy like i you know how hard it is going to be for me personally to promote this and put this on my twitter and share this <laughs> like I, it's going to hurt my soul okay. anywho <laughs> what they should is as much as i liked their setup this year having it in the ring it you there's a few things at play um I, I prefer the small or intimate kind of setting. I like to how the the Sunday night heat kind of old school setup. You know, here's a stage. It's you know, uh, you can't really see the crowd, but when they cut to the crowd, the, all, the whole floor is nothing but his peers, whoever the person accepting the the invitation or induction, or whatever. Uh, it's just peers and everybody he's worked with. You know, yep. Vince and company, whoever's sitting out there in the crowd. And the and literally the fans are pushed back away, so right. they can't hijack the show, because that's the biggest fear these days is fans is trying to take over the show and not let people get through their speeches, uh, you know, booing people throughout their speech, whatever it may be, starting chants, throwing beach balls, you know, <laughs> doing stupid shit. Right, and yes. it, you know, you had to go and ruin a good thing. You know, you were, <laughs> you were, we couldn't just have you know everybody sit together and you know just a few rows of. Uh, the the professionals and then all the fans so the the people being inducted could really see the fans the piece, the reason why they're really up there being inducted uh but you know one, a couple bad apples ruin the bunch so yeah unfortunately that is true and only for that reason do i say they need to go back to like a smaller venue maybe no fans at all because if they're going to if they continue the hijinks, you know, you, you're going to lose the privilege. So it's yeah. kind of be like an old school mom. Like, yeah, I'm going to slap you across the knuckles. That's <laughs> right. Well, listen, sometimes you give people an inch, they take a mile or two. And it, that's too far. Right. It's too much. Um, while it is nice for fans to enjoy it, you can also enjoy it from your TV screen because it doesn't have anything to do with you. Other than the fact that we, as a fandom, supported said people who are getting inducted, right? Mm. And that's great because without the fans, you know, people wouldn't be as over potentially as they are now because they need that interaction. And that's very important. However, if that behavior is what we're going to get and the safety issue is going to be a thing, I don't want anybody to have to go through that. That's terrifying. That guy could have had a knife. That guy could have done anything. Right. So, you know, or something plastic that was sharpened and no one would have known. And that's mm. not okay. So that style of how they presented it this year, I didn't like anyway. It was too big of an, a, in a, a space. I like it smaller too. It feels more intimate. It feels more special. And if you're going to have fans, they need to be really well regulated. And mm. that's the other thing too. I know people who went this year and they were, <clears throat> you know, obviously there to see it happen live, but they, um, they, we're interacting with people nearby who just wanted to cause problems. Why mm. are you at the Hall of Fame to cause problems and start chants for? That's not what this is about. You want to do that at WrestleMania? Do it at WrestleMania the next day. But why are you doing it at the Hall of Fame? I think that's silly. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I agree with you. I think it should be a smaller thing, less fans. Not to say that the fans aren't important to these wrestlers. They're vital. But it's just not an event that needs to be overwhelmingly uh, filled with people. Hmm. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't not agree more. Yeah, you know, just my thought. <laughs> so now is the time, my friend, to put yourself over. Tell the Queen's Courtiers listeners where they can find you. And from me to you, thank you so very much 
for coming on Queen's Court today to discuss the Hall of Fame class of 2020 that we're trying to get booked. Maybe someone will listen. Um, <laughs> yeah, so please put yourself over. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for having me on the show, Queenie. I really do appreciate it. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, and now if anybody wants to reach me and give me their thoughts or tell me how bad I sucked, you can find me at uh, Bro, Bro Rogan PPW on the Twitter. Uh, follow us at, at Paradigm Pro Wrestling. Uh, check out the, you know, the difference maker in independent, independent wrestling, the, the guys that are going to stand out from the norm. Um, no, we don't bleed, but we can show you some craziness without the blood, <laughs> pure unadulterated craziness, uh, which coming up on June the 28th in Jeffersonville, Indiana is our dysfunctional show featuring the three-way ladder match for our tag team titles. Uh, the rejects Reed Bentley, John Wayne Murdoch are taking on the lifers, uh, the sensational uh, Matthew justice and his partner, Bobby Beverly, uh, and the hooligans, uh, uh, Mason and Devin, uh, they are going to tear the house down. I, I'm putting it over on Twitter. I'm not lying. We might not have a venue after this match. It's <laughs> going to tear the whole building apart. I guarantee it. Tables, ladders, chairs, uh, pool noodles. That's a thing that happened in PPW. <laughs> So, yeah, anything that can happen, it, it just might. So I, I stress it. You guys got to check it out. Uh, we have a deal going on right now. If you're in the area, 20 bucks, get you a front row ticket and a, a DVD from any of any of our past shows. Um, turn my swag on, my personal favorite. Uh, so, yeah, uh, check, me, check us out on Twitter, Bro Rogan PPW. Go check out my partner in crime, Jay Mendoza PPW. Uh, at me. yes queen's courtiers you need to do this trust me i've seen a few ppw shows i've reviewed a ppw show heavy hitters tournament was a ballin i really enjoyed it i found some new wrestlers that i'm really into i saw some familiar faces like michael elgin so you know these guys are where it's at you need this in your life independent wrestling go check out PPW Paradigm Pro Wrestling. And bro, Rogan, thank you so much again for coming on Queen's Court. Thank you, Queen. I certainly appreciate it. All right, everyone. It's time for the Queen's Courtiers Questions segment. And the first question is from my pal RJ from Ringside Rant. He asks, do you think WWE is purposefully making Raw and SmackDown live so bad that the pay-per-view seems better? And if so, do you like their marketing plan? Good God, I hope they're not trying to tank their ratings on purpose. Seems a little counterproductive. Um, as evidenced, though, by last night when we had stomping grounds on, it seemed to be uh, a surprise to a lot of people on Twitter how good the pay-per-view was, including myself. But I didn't really like the <laughs> or SD Lives from the previous few weeks. But I don't know that they're trying to do that. I would hope not. That's kind of a poor idea, at least in my estimation. So great question, RJ. Thank you so much. The next question is from 8-Bit Ray. Oh, what's up, Ray? He asks, what are your viewer number predictions for AEW's first episode on TNT? Well, honey, if all of this amazingness continues with Fighter Fest, Fight for the Fallen, 
All Out 2 and StarCast. By the time we get to October, it would not surprise me if they have a very good showing on TNT as more and more people, as the months progress, become more interested in what AEW has to offer, especially on the first episode. So I would not be surprised if they hit a million, million and a half viewers for their very first episode. Really wouldn't shock me. Uh, I would be pleasantly happy though to hear that. So great question. And thank you so much for turning one in. The next question is from Benji. Oh, what's up, Benji? Benji asks, what's a live wrestling show you went to that you remember having so much fun at? Could be a big promotion, local, doesn't matter. Well, Benji, thank you so much for this question. I love this question. I am really stoked still from that last show I just was at, which was New England. I'm New England, sorry. Northeast Wrestling. (laughs) Getting a little confused. I need my coffee. Northeast Wrestling's Brass City Brawl. Now this question makes me so happy because there's a few that I could say. Um, I had a blast at that show. I got to see Moxley versus Darby Allen, which was cool. I got an up close and personal seat for that match as well as seeing the private party tag team, which was super exciting. I got to see and meet Penelope Ford. That has me really jazzed still. But another one that I went to this year that really means a lot to me was the G1 Supercard in New York. What a special moment that was. It was my first time seeing New Japan wrestlers live in the States. Oh my God, so cool. That just was such a special experience and I was so glad to have went. So thanks Benji, great question. The next and final question is from my pal Wilf. Wilf asks, Queen, do you have any guests or special shows coming up soon? Also, how are you doing? (laughs) Well, Wilf, I'm good. Thank you for asking. I hope you are too, as this beautiful Wednesday has hit upon us. And to answer your question, I have some very exciting news to announce. By the time this episode is out... Maybe I will have teased it on Twitter, but I don't know. Maybe I haven't. So maybe it'll be an exclusive. I am getting the chance to speak to my girl Kanji again. Yes! I'm so excited, you guys. She's coming back on Queen's Court for Queenie Chats, but that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to spoil anything else. I do have a few more exciting shows coming up. Maybe one or two surprises up my sleeve, but we'll leave it there. And that brings us to the end of this week's Queen's Court. And I'm going to do the jester and crown of the week real quick before I sign off. So this week's jester... (laughs) This week's jester is actually going to go to myself. (laughs) I'm mad at myself that I was so negative about stomping grounds and not really getting excited about it. But I'm going to tell you why things changed. So boo to Queen for being so negative about it in the past. But as we worked up to it last week, brings me to my crown of the week. Yes, Queen. (laughs) Yes, my crown of the week. And that's going to my pal Josh from Wrestling Reverb, my other pals, Conrad, Wilf, and Kevin, for helping to create this amazing stomping ground simulation. Kevin, Josh, and myself were on the kickoff panel for this stomping ground simulation that Josh put together. Wow, it was so much fun. I got so excited about it and it put me in such a positive mindset that 
I actually really, really ended up thinking to myself, hey, you were so negative about it. Look how you feel now. You just have to take it, you know, with a grain of salt. So I did. (laughs) So I want to thank them for that amazing simulation, which was actually scarily spot on in in some parts. (laughs) Kind of weird. (laughs) So you should definitely check that out, though, on twitch.tv slash BBRTV. Give us a subscribe there. You're not going to want to miss what we have coming up in the summer. So that's it. We are at the end of this week's episode of Queen's Court All Class Part 2. I want to thank my guests, Smags and Bro Rogan, for giving me their time and their knowledge and their awesomeness. And as always, my dear ones, I wish you a wonderful rest of your day. And please, be kind to one another.